the adjustments for the restaurants announced by the president last night go a bit far enough to save your sector or not? You know, I just, I, I can't understand who's making these decisions because it's evident that they're not listening to us. You know, we, we need to trade our businesses and let's just keep the alcohol issue separate. But to expect us again to further bleed out and allow our restaurants to open with 50 people is really just lip service. It's not going to assist the industry in any which way. We're not going to be able to bring people back to work and we're certainly not going to find the financial mediums to be able to get the necessary reprieve we need to start paying back the debt. You know, two weeks of not being open to trade puts us into massive financial deficit. And, you know, when I when I think of the restrictions, we've got a restaurant that has 1,000 square meters, 500-seater um, restaurant, so 50 people in it. Where do they begin to think that we are going to be able to trade effectively? And I keep asking the question, who is representing the industry at the NCC? You know, who is actually being the advocate for our businesses? Because we've got people who are making decisions in our industry who know nothing about it. So let us be part of that. How can you restrict Mm -hmm. us and you haven't consulted with us? How do you have somebody that is a spokesperson for an industry who hasn't even asked the industry what we need? What is the financial model? How do we move through this time? You know, all that we continue to do through the liquor ban, which is a separate conversation, is create underground activity, illicit trade, rogue operators, which is going to continue to spiral out of control. Mm-hmm. You know, we are contributors to the GDP. We are sophisticated, respected businesses. And this is no way that government is actually showing us any type of respect. So how has the past two weeks and the lockdown affected the industry that was already struggling? Well, you know, we haven't even recovered from January, truth be told. You know, we went through the December time. We bought amount of stock to support us. We paid a lot of our businesses because we, we, we were moving through an opportunity to bring people back into our businesses and bring turnover. And there was profitability, which we could start using. But all that was lost because the cash flow model that we operate was on was completely destroyed. So within minutes, we were shut down without notice, no proper planning. We were left with all the stock, the cakes, the beers, the expired stock, which already sunk half the industry. We stood on President Ramaphosa's door in January begging him. I remember having unteen conversations outside the union building saying, this is who we are, this is what we need. You know, thankfully they listened to us in a very short while and they reopened us and we built a very steady, constructive relationship. You know, when we look at what happened to the industry in April, we opened. We safely showed that we could dispense alcohol and we could open our businesses with limited restrictions. And we were not contributors to the numbers. Now we keep having this conversation about this magical number 50. So I'm not letting it go today. I want a scientific door card that brings the parallelity between shopping centers and supermarkets uh. and chemists and all these other outlets where people stand 40 people in a dispensary, 50 people, 60 people in a dispensary. And we are high risk. I want the evidence that shows us that because we want to open our businesses. We've got outdoor areas. We've got massive outdoor um, areas of seating. We can safely support people to to enjoy their time. And the next thing is what we need to certainly understand is, you know, how do you, where do you get the number 50 from? How do you get 50 in a 50 square meter restaurant? How do you get 50 in a 500 square meter restaurant? So we're not going to let up on this. We need to bring people back to work. You know, the third 
after two weeks, people have been off work already. They haven't been able to put food on their tables. We're sitting in a highly volatile time in our country. It is most sad what is happening. I, I cannot even comprehend why people want to continue to destroy our beautiful country. It's just heartless, it's senseless, uh-huh. it makes absolutely no case. We've got to build jobs, we've got to bring people back to work. Yes. We've got to listen to what South Africa needs. Thank you so much. Wendy Alberts, uh, she's the CEO of the Restaurant Association of South Africa. Now, for more reaction uh, to the president's speech last night, uh, we joined on the line by vaccinology professor Shabir Mahdi. A very good morning to you, professor, and welcome. Uh, good morning. Thank you for having me. Can I get your reaction to the announcement last night that the country will remain on adjusted alert level 4 for another 14 days in an effort to contain the spread of the coronavirus? Well, unfortunately, where we are in South Africa makes it pretty much impossible not to have extended uh, level 4 restrictions uh, based on the reason why we actually had entered into this phase. Uh, because the number of cases, although it's peaked in Gauteng, in other provinces such as the Western Cape and KwaZulu-Natal is still very much on the upward trajectory. Uh, but that being said, uh, we could have a more nuanced approach uh, than having all the type of restrictions that the level four stage actually entails. Um, there are some things, the most important issues that we need to guard against is mass gatherings, uh, and especially indoors uh, where people are not wearing masks. That is pretty much the single most important intervention that needs to be kept in place if we are wanting to avoid a massive, massive uh, increase in those provinces that have, that have not yet yet been. Uh, do you think the president could have gone further to curb the current rate of infections or not? No, unfortunately not. Uh, you, I think we need to be clear that uh, going to higher levels of restriction doesn't mean that you're going to get rid of the virus. It hasn't worked in the past. It's not going to work in the future. Uh, unfortunately, where we are in South Africa is that even if we go into level five restrictions, uh, yes, uh, that would firstly need to have lasted for at least three to four weeks for us to see significant decrease in transmission in those provinces where that are still on an upward trajectory. Uh, but in addition to that, as soon as you go to lower levels of restriction, you're going to get another resurgence. You're going to get a rebound. Uh, so South Africa is not a place where we just got a few cases uh, that are occurring, such as Australia, as an example, where you can simply you can go to higher levels of lockdown and contain the spread of the virus. South Africa is a very, very different situation epidemiologically. So going to higher levels of restriction is really putting a band-aid on a bigger problem, which is under-vaccination of the problem of the country. We need to be clear right now, the United Kingdom, as an example, is reporting more cases in South Africa. But you can see what's happening. They're getting back to a relatively normal lifestyle. And the reason for that is that those cases are not translating to hospitalizations and deaths to the extent that it is in South Africa. They're reporting over 30,000 cases, but they're reporting 40 deaths per day. Or not, not even deaths. Yeah, it was around roughly about 40 deaths per day. South Africa is reporting 22,000 cases, but three to 400 deaths per day. And that's all about differences in testing. United, uh, United Kingdom does about 10 times more testing than South Africa. But then it comes down to the issue that they've been able to protect those individuals that are at high risk of dying through vaccination, which we haven't done. Mm-hmm. So, so what about our vaccination program? Is it working for you, you think? Well, it is gather, gathering momentum, but unfortunately way too late to have any significant impact on this current uh, wave. Uh, it will serve us well. Uh, should we experience another resurgence, which we're very likely to experience later in the year. And when that other resurgence comes, we should be in a space where the United Kingdom is, where we can t- tolerate the increase in number of cases, 
of infections, but those infections don't materialize into a significant number of people end up ending up in hospital or dying of COVID. And uh, how will the reopening of schools on the 26th of July affect the trajectory of the pandemic thereafter, you think? Well, this virus has uh, shown to be much more transmissible, probably two to three times more transmissible than original virus that actually circulated. Uh, so if schools are reopened, the, one, the thing, again, which has to happen is that those windows are going to need to be kept open. The children are going to need to wear a mask while in class. If the, if the windows are not open, if there's not good ventilation, if children are not wearing the mask, uh, be rest assured, especially for some provinces, like you mentioned, that are still on an upward trajectory, uh, those provinces are going to see an increase in cases again. So can we expect, perhaps, uh, moving forward, that infections may go down anytime soon, seeing that the vaccination is uh, is uh, going ahead? No, the infections right now in Gauteng are not going down because of the vaccination. The infections are going down because a high percentage of the population in Gauteng has probably infect, been infected, which itself results in some sort of immunity, uh-huh. which allows for the trajectory to go down. And that's what's happened in the past in South Africa. The reason why... The infections went down in the past. It's not because we went to higher levels of restriction. In fact, in the past, as the wave was increasing, uh, basically we were going to lower levels of restriction. But that ended up people getting infected. And that, together with some use of face masks, uh, avoiding mass gatherings, is sufficient to actually get the wave to start subsiding.